Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Links and Locks Podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Four. You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's going on, everybody? And welcome to the Links and Locks Best Bets Podcast. I'm Jason Sobel from the Action Network. He's Ben Everell from Golf Bet. And yes... We made it, guys. We're here. Finally, it is Masters Week, the absolute best week of the year. If you don't think it's the best week of the year, just turn us off and stop listening right now. No, okay. You can keep listening, but we'll convince you. It is the best week of the year. I'm live at Augusta National Golf Club covering the event throughout the week. My One of my favorite places in the entire world. We will get to all of our thoughts on this week's Masters, which players we like, which players we are fading this week. But before we move on, as a reminder, the Links and Locks podcast is proudly presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION, A-C-T-I-O-N, to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer in New Jersey and Colorado. Bet $1 in any game, get $200 for free. Benny, congratulations. We made it to Masters Week. Mate, I thought you I thought you were gonna congratulate me for picking Corey Connors last week as a as a winner. Now I do remember that I then also picked Cam Davis, who may have missed the cut. So I don't know how you score that. Plus, I'm pretty sure after starting with Connors as my top guy, I by the end of our pod had switched to Davis. So I don't really know how much credit I can give myself for pointing out Corey Connors last week. But yes, we're at the Masters. We've got a big week ahead. Um very jealous of you sitting in that room now. I know you're in the podcast room in the press building there right now, soaking it all in. I know it's going to be a huge week for everyone involved. And you know, hopefully we can help out and point you in the right direction. Because honestly, it's it's a tough one. There's so many guys that could do well this week. And I'm excited to see which of them is going to get it done. Okay, so two things. First of all, a lot of people think Augusta National is stuffy and stodgy and they're old and they don't move on with the times. That's right. Benny said it. I'm in the podcast room, podcast room number two, coming to you from the press building here at Augusta National. You think they're old and don't progress? But he has a podcast room. They have a few of them here at Augusta National. So that's great. Uh, Secondly, I believe that um, you're absolutely right. I'm doing a ranking of the entire field. I'm working on it right now. Probably by the time people are listening to this podcast, it should be posted to actionnetwork.com and the Action app. 
And Benny, I can tell you, people are going to be mad because they're going to look at the ranking and they're going to scroll down to their favorite player and go, what? How can you have him 27th? There's no way. And then I'm going to say, well, who are you moving out of the top 26? And you're going to look at it and go, I don't know. They're all really good. And so (laughs) what I've said is that I need 10 guys for my top five, 20 guys for my top 10, 40 guys for my top 20. That's how loaded it is with talent. I know we've probably been saying that for years. And I know it feels like every year there's more and more great players that are available, but I don't remember it ever being like this. I've been coming here for 18 years and I just don't remember another year where maybe it wasn't this wide open and it shouldn't be wide open for everyone, but wide open for the players who are 30 or 40 to one and shorter. I do think that there's a big range. In fact, I went and looked last year, Ben, there were 15 players who are 40 to one or shorter this year, 22 such players, which tells you there's just a greater number of guys who the odds makers are giving a decent chance of winning this golf tournament to. Yeah. I, I think part of it too, is there's this, there's a lot of guys who are either playing really well right now and don't necessarily have the greatest masters record or have a really good masters record and maybe not as playing as well as others leading in. Um, so it's hard to sort of, to discount either side of that, right? Like um, there are a few names that uh, it's going to be interesting to see even just how you and I approach this, because as you know, we, as people know that listen to us all the time, we don't talk about these beforehand. I'm fascinated to see if we're on the same page this week, because it quite possibly could be a week where you're picking a guy that I'm fading and vice versa. Um, Or we could be on the same page because of all these uh, pointers and factors that are going across the top of that board. Um, yeah, I, I, he's not. A, I know we do our 18 hours before we get into that because he's not going to be specifically in mine. I'm going to go and tell those guys that have been listening to maybe stay with that one thing I said during the players. Just put your just put some money on Scheffler to begin with, and that be done with it. Just just do that. Just just go there. He's not going to be one of my um, nine holes today. But honestly, if you want to just protect yourself, the way the guy goes, the defending champ, the, the way he's been playing at the at the big events, maybe just put a little there and then start on your other picks. I love when you and I argue. We can start out. We haven't even gotten to a hole yet. We're going to argue. No, don't just randomly throw money on the short favorite going into this week. Like spend your money wisely. You don't need to take the favorite here. Fade the favorite, move on elsewhere. Look, Scotty uh, is trying to join only Jack Nicholas, Nick Faldo and Tiger Woods as players who have successfully defended a title at Augusta national. That ain't going to be easy to do. I realize that, Maybe we have some new listeners this week. Maybe you don't always listen to the Valspar Championship and Valero Texas Open podcast we do every week. But yes, we do our Best Bets podcast every single week. Play 18 holes. We make 18 bets. Ben Everill, you're on the tee. Please swing away. All right. I'm going to go with a guy that a few weeks ago you and I argued about during that uh, Valspar Open. and. Valspar Championship, sorry, and that is Jordan Spieth as my first outright winner play. Uh, I think that Jordan is obviously very at home there in Augusta National. What has he won? He was second twice. He's been third a couple of times. Um, he's also got three top tens on tour in the last five starts, I believe. It's just, I feel like he's been trending to this this whole season. I feel like Jordan is on the move um, towards playing well this week. I think you can get him around 15 to 20 to 1, depending on where you look. Um, and I just, yeah, I just, I don't want to go against where my gut has been 
for the last couple of months. Uh, I thought that this is exactly where he's trying to peak for. Uh, I'll say this. Um, he's lucky it's uh, – he just seems to defy some stats here, right? Like he, he doesn't always have the greatest iron play, but somehow still plays well. He more recently has missed probably – Putts in a really weird range of sort of six to ten feet that mm-hmm. probably that worry me a little bit, um, but I'm hoping experience at the at the course etc. Um, will bring him home. So I, I like uh, Jordan Spieth as a outright play this week. Okay, so I always start out with uh, my first hole, the second hole here that we play, uh, and use a somewhat long shot outright bid. But I have Jordan Spieth listed as my fourth hole, so I'm going to flip him to the second hole right here. And I'm going to give you Jordan Spieth for a top five play. I, I, you know, look, I, you have him outright. I have him top five. You know, we're, we're right in the same ballpark there. He's got him top five plus three fifty. I think that's a nice number. Everything you mentioned, five career top fives at Augusta national in the past. He obviously knows this course plays it. Well, that miscut last year has got to be eating at him. And you know, he wants to get out there and play better this year. As he said in his press conference on Monday, the game feels really good. He's not so sure that a longer, softer, soggier golf course is to his benefit. Even so, I do think we're going to see plenty of Spieth magic, the full Jordan Spieth experience, the total roller coaster where he's going to chip in on a short-sided pitch shot that he has no business making. He's going to roll in a couple of 40-footers. But yes, it's those shorter, those mid-range putts that you talk about, Benny. I've said for about a month now that if Jordan Spieth makes 60% of those five to 10 footers, he'll do pretty well. If he makes 70%, he's going to contend for the title. If he makes 80% of those, there's a good chance he wins this golf tournament. Uh, It just comes down to how he looks on those short butts, which haven't always been great over the last couple of months. So uh, Jordan Spieth top five for me. Excellent. All right, mate. Well, I'll go to the third hole. I'm going to give you a top 10 play. Now, bear in mind, I, I do think this is an option for an outright two. Um, this for me is, and this might be controversial because there's a guy that's ranked ahead of him, but I'm going to say of everyone who hasn't won a major before, I think this guy is the most likely of breaking his drought. Last uh, last year, Scheffler won his first major. The year before that, Hideki won his first major at the Masters, and I think there's a chance that it could possibly happen again, but I'm going... Top 10 for a guy who's had a second and a third already here before. Xander Schauffele, plus 210 for a top 10. Um, there is one other higher-ranked player in the field than him that hasn't won a major in Patrick Cantlay, uh, but I'm tipping towards Schauffele's good mate to be able to do that because of this record at Augusta and because I think he's starting to build towards something this this season again. He was pretty good at the match play, finished fifth, only lost to Rory in a pretty awesome epic match. Um, so yeah, I just have a good feeling about Xander and where he's trending, whether or not he can handle the heat, you know, down that, down that final nine holes on Sunday will be remain to be seen, but I think that he'll be there. The whip's cracking. So I've got a piece that should be posted soon to actionnetwork.com, Ben, in which I've broken down the major championship chances of all the players who have not won yet, won yet before. And when you look at it, what are you laughing at? You probably I'm laughing the same because piece, didn't you? because I've just just sent in the same story. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, we should collaborate and put them together. I, yeah, boy, we we need to stop thinking alike. But uh, Xander Shockley has the shortest odds, plus four fifty right now, of any player 
who's never won a major before to finally win one this year. And oh, by the way, if you're sitting there, you're one of those people that says, oh, he's never won one. That guy's never won one. He's never going to do it. Since 1981, there have only been two years, 2000, where Tiger won three of them, and 2014, where Rory won two of them, where we didn't have a first-time major winner. All of those other years, I think it's, what, 40 other years in that span, we've had a first-time major winner. So it's almost definitely going to happen. Xander Shoffley has the shortest odds of anybody to make that happen. All right. Fourth hole. I told you I'd give you a, I don't know if it's a long shot. It's it's a mid-tier type play, but it's a little bit longer than uh, we've seen here. This is a guy who has won a major championship. He won in 2019 at the Open, and ever since he started playing much better golf at Augusta National, three top 25s in his last three starts. Shane Lowry at 60-1, to I think, makes for a very smart outright play. Look. There aren't a whole lot of guys at that number that I would chase. I do think it's going to be one of the better players this week, but I look at Shane Lowry and I say he is one of the better players and certainly wouldn't surprise me to see him uh, at least be in contention for a second career major championship title, Ben. Yeah, I I mean, I'd forgotten that he was trending at at the Masters, to be honest. Like, I'd forgotten that he was starting to play with, he said, a couple of top 25s. That's not like knocking the house down by any means, but it's also showing that there's a learning process and he's getting used to it and, and whatnot. So not on my books, but not, not that much of a surprise that you've, you've picked him up there. I'll pivot um, what I'd originally planned. I'll go to my long shot since you've started that conversation here for hole five. And I've gone with a pair of Kims, Siwoo Kim and Tom Kim. I think uh, when you're looking again, look, let me pre- preface this. Uh, we haven't had, I don't think we've had a triple digital close. We haven't had a long shot winner in a while, right? Like it's been maybe since Charles Schwartzel, um, before uh, we had Schwartzel was the last triple digit winner. Hideki is the uh longest odds of any winner over the past 10 years. I know a lot of people think it was Danny Willett, at least yeah. the archive I'm looking at at golfodds.com shows Willett at 50. Hideki was 60 two years ago. Hideki was 60. Wow, well, there you go. But 50, yeah, that I mean, that, that makes sense around that 50 60 for Willett as well because he was playing well at the time. Um, so people forget that at that time he was really building to something through the DP World Tour. Um, but yeah, no, so the two Kims, Tom Kim's playing his first Masters, about 75 to 1. Um, he strikes him as a guy could do what Zalatoris did a couple of years ago, or, um, you know, Sung Jay was second in his first, you know, like he's just, he's a ball striker. And if he has the confidence and doesn't make any major errors, um, I could see him sneaking up and being around the mark um, if he has his best ball striking going and just, feeds off the energy of the place. So again, someone that's long odds that you might want to look at and see where Kim is either going to be, you know, in the top 10 or missing the cut by six shots. So whichever way you want to go, he's got some, he's got some decent um, gravitas though there, I believe. Oh, let me just bring him up here. But like, yeah, 24th, 21st, 12th, etc. He's showing that he's also learning how to play this this golf course, and you know this will be his seventh Masters. So I just saw that ninety to one number and thought, well, yeah, that's that's some pretty good value there. Well, here's some podcast synergy. We go to the sixth hole, and I'm going to go with a guy who knows those players very very well, uh, fellow countrymen, and played with them on the International Presidents Cup team. Sunjay M is trending to something really really big. I think that he is still undervalued in the marketplace. I put him up there with a Victor Hovland, a Will Zalatoris, 
maybe even a Xander Shoffley. I mean, I, I just think that he's as good as these players, maybe hasn't won as much as anyone who's not named Will Zalatoris out of that group, but the wins are coming. And when they do, Sung Im is not going to have this kind of number hanging on him on a weekly basis, but I'm taking him for here for a top 10 at plus 300, which I think is a really good number Two top tens in his three career previous masters starts, Benny. Yeah, look, his first, as I said, on debut was second um, in the November Masters. And then there was a little worry when he missed the cut, the one after, because it's like, okay, different conditions. But then last year, he put up a T8. Uh, um, Sungjae is on my shortlist, didn't make my final hole, but literally here to talk about amongst other players. So um, I think that's a great play. Uh, I think that, again, he's a ball striker. And, and, and I know it's a dumb cliche or whatever, and people laugh and there's memes and everything. Oh, strokes gained approach is always important, et cetera. But this is a second shot golf course. This is an odd, you need to be, you know, reasonable um, tee to green to have a chance and then just get, you know, reasonably lucky with your putts. That's why Hideki can win. That's why Adam Scott has won. Um, they just had to have good ball strike weeks where they made half or, or maybe 60% of putts that they might not normally make. And then you're in for a great shout. So, um, yeah, Sanjay fits the bill for sure. Um, all right, where am I going next? I'm up to hole number awesome. seven. Oh, I just mentioned him. I'll go to him now. I'll, I'll go top 20 player on Adam Scott, the former champion, 10-year anniversary of his victory, plus 260 for a top 10. Um, Adam has been around the joint more than most, but still competitive. Uh, as I said, it's, it's an anniversary year for him. He's getting a lot of good feels off that. He's done a lot of good um, interviews, etc. He thinks it's a good time for him to sneak under the radar per se, even with that milestone, all the focus on the big names, etc. cetera. Um, and he, look, I, I put it to him straight up and I was a bit worried to say it to him straight. And I think you might've said it when we discussed on a, on a podcast at, at, at a point, but I said to him at the match play, Mate, I really think you've got at least one big more one one big win left in you, right? Yeah, and he yeah. and said, yeah, at least many. Like, and I feel like you know Augusta is obviously a place. He pinpointed Augusta. He, he might not want me to be as open with this because it wasn't on. You know, we weren't taping or anything. We was having a chat, but basically he said Augusta and the Open are the two places where he's hopeful that he can maybe make some noise in the next couple of years of his life. So uh, I know he's trying to. He's been trying to build for this, and I think that you know some decent. If you're looking for a plus money bet in that top 20, Adam Scott, 260 is a good one. All right, to the eighth hole. And look, guys, I'm going to warn you right now. I've got two non-PGA Tour players on my list this week. The first one what? happens to be a guy that I think epitomizes everything that Liv is trying to be, everything that Liv wants to be this week. I know everyone's going to talk about Cameron Smith, who's a world-class player. I know everyone's going to talk about Dustin Johnson, Joaquin Neiman, Mito Pereira, Brooks Kepka, who just won. I think the player who's going to be embrace being a villain, being in essentially a road game, even though he went to school for a while here in Augusta, is Patrick Reed. He's going to love this environment. And I'm not saying that fans at Augusta are going to boo any of the players who play for live now, I just think that they kind of know what they're up against. They know what, uh, what people are thinking about them right now. Patrick Reed, he don't care. He loves that. I'm going to give you a couple of options here. Top 10 at plus 500 and, or top 20 at plus 190. I like either one of them. I think Patrick Reed has a really nice week this week, Ben. I'm sure he'll fight like the Yeah. I'll say that about him. Like you're right. He'll, he'll, 
Um, I mean, when he won, he took down Rory, right? I mean, Rory was the chaser. Rory was the one that everyone wanted to win that year. And he just stared everyone in the face and went, sorry, you're not getting that fairy tale. It's mine. Um, Much like Cameron Smith did to Rory at the Open, you know? Like, so those two guys are fighters that will revel in the, what I think Smitty called the BS that's out there, he calls it, you know, that that Mm -hmm. they're not not ready to sort of to show their wares. So um, it'll be interesting. That's about all I can say on that. Um, okay, ninth. Oh, you know, we get the top 30 bets this week because, uh, you know, it's a smaller field, so you're generally top 40 is you're not going to get the value. So I saw top 30 out there as an option, and I was trying to find plus money again. Um, there are many guys who I might put ahead of this, but I did find one at plus 125 that I'm just going on statistics alone. This guy leads the tour in strokes gained approach. Uh, I think that if he has a good ball striking week, he could make that top 30 plus money. And that is Tom Hoagie. He is a, an mm. iron machine. Um, and as I said, you're not getting many players at plus money in the top 30 because it's a smaller field. But one you are getting is the best iron player in the game right now on tour this season in Tom Hoagie. So I'm going to give him a little love there. Plus 125, top 30. Isn't it crazy, Benny? I wrote him up in my column, my preview piece this week as well, where if you had to name the leader in strokes gained approach shots on the PGA tour this season, essentially who's been the best iron player. I think most people would say Colin Morikawa, Justin Thomas, Will Zalatoris, maybe go just yep. straight to a superstar like a Scheffler, a Rom, a Rory. It's Tom Hoagie people. It's a <laughs> second shot golf course. He's been the best iron player. And if you think you can't do it at a big event, Go look back at what he did a month ago at TPC Sawgrass where he broke the course record, shot 62, and finished in third place. The guy is the real deal. Not saying he's going to win, but I do like that play. Before we get to the back nine, as a reminder, the Links and Locks podcast is proudly presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer in New Jersey and Colorado, bet $1 on any game. Get $200 for free. We go to hole number 10. I am up, Benny. And I know that everybody looks at Charlie <laughs> Hoffman, who's not in the field this week, as the biggest Thursday superstar over the last decade, decade and a half here at Augusta National. And for good reason. I get it. I'm not sure how many people realize that Justin Rose has led or held a share of the lead after the first round. Four different times? It's crazy. Wow. Justin Rose plays as well as he can here on Thursday mornings and Thursday afternoons. I am taking him for a first-round leader play at 5,500, plus 5,500 this week. All right. Well, I'll give you my first-round leader play then, which is a random one again. I'm Again, I'm thinking normally, as you said, as you know, I like to maybe this is where I might say, you know, I joked about Scheffler at the start, eh, just throw some money on him or whatever, but maybe – if you do like Scheffler, you go first round leader, um, you get a bit more value. If he doesn't play well, then you can get on him outright after the first round, etc. That's still a play I don't mind, but I'm going to go with a chance to throw a 50 to 1 first round leader play at you. I'm going to go with Minwoo Lee, um, mm. Aussie who played well at the players. It's only his second uh, Masters. Uh, he was T6 at the players recently we talked about. He's won twice on the DP World Tour. He's T14 at the Masters last year on debut. That is despite having 18 bogeys and a double bogey. 
He had 18 bogeys in a double bogey in his tournament and still finished top 14. He missed out on getting a top 12, you know, return by one shot. I think that he is a fearless birdie machine. And I think that the experience that he had last year will help him in not making that, that many mistakes again. He's also been going out with Adam Scott and Jason Day and these guys in practice rounds and plans to do some more of that, getting a little bit more of a feel. Uh, I think that he could be one of those guys that throws up a, you know, six under first round, um, no, I'm not suggesting he's going to win this thing. I don't even know if he could hold on close if he did do that because we saw what happened to the players too. Once he got to that lead, he did feel uh, a little bit uncomfortable. Um, and I'm sure that would ratchet up another lot, uh, a notch as well if that was to be the case. But, yeah, I just like him across the board, sort of top 40, 20, 10. But here's where there's some value, potentially birdie machine for the first round lead. All right, I like that. Get to the 12th hole. You mentioned Tom Hoagie as a top 30 play earlier. I think it's important to remember, folks, that there are only 88 players in this field. So when we talk about the top 30 bet, you're not top 30 out of 150. You're not beating 80% yeah. of the field. You only have to beat uh, 66, 67% of the field. And so I, I think these have a lot of value. I am taking a second live player on my list for this podcast, Taylor Gooch who's finished 16th or better. He's finished in the top third of all three live events so far this year. He was 14th uh, in his debut at the Masters a year ago. Top 30 at plus 145. Ball striking numbers on live look pretty good. Uh, look, I get it. There's some uh, consternation, some hesitancy to take these guys from live because we don't know exactly how they're going to play. But quite frankly, you can't fade all of them. There's 18 of them. There's a whole lot of them in the field. And while I'm not going to play any of them for an outright this week, I do think there's some value there. And Taylor Gooch provides a whole lot of value. I'll have to take your word for it. I haven't done any research on the Gooch man. So <laughs> I'll, I'll run with you. Um, oh, I can't believe it Nate, that you haven't got to this man yet. So I'll be the first to break the ice um, for the 13th island. Let's, what are we going to do with Tiger Woods? What are we going to do with Tiger Woods now? I got him for my 14th hole. I wonder if we're going to have the exact same bet here on Tiger. Well, I mean, I looked at all the crazy props that have been out there so far, and I'm sure there'll be more to come. Oh, you know, I mean, people are offering, will he lead wire to wire? Will he win? I mean, no, there's no chance he's winning this thing wire to wire. Will he, you know, be both? Will he have a hole in one on hole four? And, you know, like all this stuff, I'm like, come on, man, like give me something that you can actually see happening. And, um, if I'm fair income, which to the non-Aussies means if I'm for real about it, the two things where I see, uh, regardless of what number you're going to get that I think can happen is I think you can make the cut. And if you think that, then look at top 40, cause you get a little bit more juice on top 40. Um, I, you know, I, from all reports, he wasn't hitting it great out there today, but I didn't expect he would be putting all his effort into a Monday stroll around. Uh, he'll turn up, he will turn up and be at his best when it, when it matters. He knows this place, but else he can steer it around. Oh, I think experience alone can get him to the weekend. And yeah, so that's where I would limit it. I don't think we're going to see any sort of vintage tiger, uh, win this year. I hope we do. Um, and I, I, I can, can't wait to see the odds plummet. If he birdies two of his first three holes on Thursday, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, very true. And then, you know, see what happens, but that's, that's where I'll, I'll leave it. I think that, he will make the cut and potentially be in the top 40. Okay. So I was having the exact same conversation in my head. This is kind of freaky actually, because I, I had it as the very next hole, 14th hole. I have my tiger play and I was going back and forth between 
a made cut in the top 40. I listed him for a top 40 in my preview this week, but there's a reason why I might back off it just a little bit. And the difference isn't much. Top yeah. 50 in ties make the cut this week. I think yeah. it's minus 170 for top 40, and it's minus 200 to make the cut. And I think I'm backing off it a little bit and just playing Tiger to make the cut because of the weather. It's going to be 51 degrees and rainy on Saturday. Uh, uh, you yeah, talk about a guy with a bad back who maybe yeah. can't deal necessarily with those conditions. And as much as I'd like to see Tiger finish somewhere at least like 35th or so, I could see him making the cut. And then by Saturday, just sort of running out of gas and his body doesn't have what it takes to play in those kind of conditions. So um, I'm going to just stick with him making the cut as far as this pod is concerned. You make a good point in that, like what happened at the PGA last year. Like if you just take the make cut, you're getting the money right then when it happens. Right. You're not worrying about if he, if he, you know, has a third round 80 because of the weather or whatever, and then makes a smart decision to walk off and not play Sunday. You know what I mean? Like you're taking all that out of the equation as well. You just want to, any potential WD after a made cut. So yeah, probably smarter to just lose a little on the odds and, and take the made cut side of things. All right. right 15th we'll hole. 15th hole. All right. So, um, I want to talk about a parlay I saw. I think it was for Scotty Scheffler to be top five, Xander to be top 10, and Jason Day to be top 20, 14 to 1. Uh, I like that player. I like all three of those players. I've already mentioned um, Xander. Um, I might talk about the other guy in a little while. And Scheffler, I think, will play decent, but the weight of history um, may stop him actually winning again. Um, we'll see. But... Uh, also, I saw, and this is where I wanted to bring in the best or one of the best storylines, if you will, that can happen this week. And I wanted to get your thoughts on it because I do like Rory McIlroy. I don't like his number to start with, but I do like Rory McIlroy this week. Um, I'm advocating a hold and see after the first round to try to get slightly better odds. Um, but that would be one hell of a story if he was able to get his career Grand Slam this week. Your thoughts, sir? feel the same way. I like Rory other than maybe some DFS. I probably won't have any investment in Rory this week. He's just gotten way too short yeah. throughout the entire betting marketplace. I just don't see where you find any value in him right now, but I like him. I I'm working on my ranking right now. I believe I'm going to have him fifth or sixth on my ranking. So it's not like I, I don't like Rory. The weather should help him okay. uh, a softer, longer, soggy golf course plays right into his hands. So uh, yeah, there's a lot to like about Rory, but the numbers just aren't there for me. And by the way, you mentioned a parlay there, Ben. Did you see the parlay this weekend? Corey Connors to win the Valero. Brooks Kepka to win the Live event. It was a $45 bet. Our buddy Darren Ravel tweeted this out. $45 to win $47,000. Wow. They took it down. Wow. Nice effort. That is. Yeah. They're having a good Masters week. I'd listen <laughs> to that podcast. Yes. Should have named that one. Can't believe we missed that. All right. 16th hole. One of my absolute favorite plays on the board. Goes to one of my favorite names on the board this week, Benny. Uh, I can't wait. I'm going to be a big Gordon Sargent fan moving ah. forward. This is the kid who got an exemption. Uh, yeah. Didn't earn his way in, but became the NCAA champion last year as a freshman uh, playing for Vanderbilt. And I have a feeling that this is something the Augusta National folks are going to do moving forward, giving an exemption 
to the NCAA champion for now. He just gets a special invitation. They just said, just come along and bring your golf clubs. We'll let you go play. And so he is the world's number one ranked amateur right now. You look, go back and look at his college results over the last little while. Let's say I'm pulling them up here now, Benny. Uh, here they are. He's gone seventh, second, first, third, second, seventh in yeah. his last six collegiate starts. The dude is really good. And from all accounts, he's going to hit it further than any of the pro players are going to hit it this week. And so Gordon, Gordon Sargent for top amateur at plus 210 is oh, a wow. smash number. I really like that a lot. I didn't even see that market, to be honest. I would have looked into it. It would have been a good one to look at. Um, obviously, there's a young, there's a young Aussie in that from the Asia-Pacific amateur, um, Harrison Crow. Uh, but, yeah, look, Sergeant's, by all reports, and by the people in our, like, uh, PGA Tour U, the university ranking, et cetera, they all speaking highly of him, expecting big things of him. Um, so I can't fault you on that. It's good. It's good to good little market this year because I've got seven. Is that right? Seven amateurs. This yeah. Was yeah. First of all, let me let me ask you this. Do you remember the last amateur to get a special exemption like that? Ooh. I can tell you. That that should give you a hint. Tianlong Guan. <laughs> no, he, he got his way in by the the Asian Pacific. It was Aaron Badley who had won the Australian Open as a teenager. Wow. Um, and he'd actually gone back to back. He won back to back Australian Opens as an amateur, and they they invited him back in the turn of the century, essentially. Um, mm. So uh, it's been a long time since they didn't have an actual category, like you said, and they've just sort of given him. And I think there's a Japanese player too that also got uh, an an invite this year, a professional Zuki player. Higa. Yeah, yeah. Higa. and that's because he won four times on Japan, I think, last year, and there wasn't, and still didn't make his way through the rankings, etc. And to their credit, Augusta National were like, well, he's kind of done enough. Like four Japan wins might be equivalent to, you know, the Sanderson Farms or whatever it might be. You know, so that was good of them to to look after him in that way. But yeah, no, mate, good good slot. And look, if he doesn't get low amateur this week, don't think that he's not going to be a star. This kid's on the rise. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Um, him and uh, Aberg, Ludwig Aberg, are going to be two of the guys that we're watching for a long time to come. All right. We always do it with our last holes, our yeah. favorite outright play. I have not mentioned the name of my player yet. There's a couple of names that you haven't mentioned yet. I'm wondering which one you're going to get to here with the 17th hole. Your favorite outright, Benny. I am going to my Aussie well, and I'm going with Jason Day. I hate the number at 22 to 1. I still think that he should be getting 35s, 40, etc. Um, but... I just think he's never been. He hasn't. It's been a long time since he's been in this good a shape to take down this tournament. I used to. Now you remember when I first turned up on the scene there? Uh, you know, 10, 11, 12 years ago at Augusta, and I told everyone before he'd done anything that this kid had win two green jackets. Um, Bobby made a few bets actually that said he would do that, so I'm still waiting to, to guess. I got a hope a, a late flurry from Jace to do that. Um, but he's in a good headspace. His game is trending. He was playing brilliantly at the match play before. Now, look, uh, I know he said allergies publicly, but I can just uh, let me treat, tread carefully here. I was on the golf course when he was playing Scotty Scheffler and was up by three. Right. And I know there was more to it than allergies. I'll just say that, right? I was there. I tweeted at the time what I knew was going on. People gave me some backlash. Jason's team and himself wanted to sort of pour cold water. And, and look, I understand they didn't want to take away from Scheffler's great comeback and win in that match. So I get that. 
but for the few of you out there that know me and people who know me, I'm telling you right now, it was it wasn't just a little allergy attack at the time. He was able to overcome it. He was still in front when he was feeling good, so he, that loss is on him as much as anything else. But what I'm getting at is I don't see that as a problem for his form. He says he's in good shape this week. He doesn't feel any illness coming on. He's still under the radar somewhat with all the big names. He's been second there. He should have won it there in 2013. He's had multiple chances. Even the year Danny Willett won it, they started on the same number going into Sunday. Um, and Jace, to this day, kicks himself because, for those who don't remember, Jordan Spieth kicked on the front nine that year and was up by a million and it looked like it was over. In fact, me and others had already started writing the story of how he'd won back-to-back -back, uh, mm -hmm. Masters and then did bogey, bogey into the pond and, you know, Willett was there. Jace was playing in that same scenario and basically gave up before um, it was time. And whereas Willett didn't play, Willett was playing, he was happy to be second or third or whatever. Jace was annoyed that he wasn't going to win and kicks himself for this day for not, you know, staying focused over that back nine to give himself a chance. Um, anyway, I'm rambling, but I do think Jason Day is a great pick this week. Uh, and I defy you to tell me otherwise, Sobs. He's a good play. I like Jason this week. You're right. The number is a terrible number, but you know what? With my 18th hole, I'm going to go with the guy whose number I don't like either, but maybe he doesn't like the number himself. And if I were part of John Rahm's team, I would take those top three on the odds board, Scotty Scheffler and Rory McIlroy ahead of John Rahm. And I would post that to the rental house refrigerator this <laughs> week and show him that Hey, everyone thinks these two other guys are better than you, that they have a better chance of winning than you do. I would get that chip squarely on his shoulder because we're not that far removed from everyone. And I mean, everyone saying, boy, John Rahm is far and away the best golfer on the planet right now. Scotty Scheffler has taken over that mantle. I get it. But these things are very fluid. They can change in a hurry. John Rahm leads the PGA Tour in overall total strokes gained. And look, he's a guy that always does everything very well. He's doing everything at a really, really high level right now. He's won five times in his last 12 worldwide starts. Nothing to not like about John Rahm other than maybe a shortish number. And I don't love that nine to one number. But look, it's John Rahm. You're going to have to pay for it if you want to get it. And so I will indeed pay for John Rahm at that number this week. So uh, he is my favorite play on the board hey folks if you're new if you're only jumping in for a major championship and you just want some bets for the masters we do this every single week during the entire pga tour season you gotta come hang with us find this <laughs> links and locks best bets podcast wherever you find your favorite podcast every single week during the season download subscribe rate and listen for ben Everell, i'm jason sobel good luck with all of your master's bets. Can't wait for this thing to get started. Here's hoping you guys hit the green. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.